Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. God, let's go Genesis 1 with me once again. Let's do some review as we wrap up the series tonight. We've talked about months now, faith in the name of Jesus, delegated authority, and this last part dealing with supervillains, using your authority against the powers of darkness. And we're going to wrap it up tonight. And one of the things we know that we're in July, and July is a month for miracles. So before we start, go ahead and say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say July is a month for miracles. Yeah, I know I've already had you said it, but let's say it again. Say July is a month for miracles. And so we're believing for God's miraculous power to, not, to visit your life, your family, your community, and to be poured out on a wonderful, large area at our campus in Austell and Fayetteville, and as well as in Marietta and online and Gwinnett. Everywhere we go, we're believing for outpourings of God's miraculous power power. And so that's what we're sharing on Sundays. And of course, on Faith in the Morning, we're talking about miracles. So I encourage you, don't miss an experience this month. Even if you're traveling, you don't want to miss it. So if you have to go online, make sure you're there online. But if you're making a person, be there as well. Something good is going to happen to you. So expect miracles. And next week, our special guest for midweek is Minister Sheila Lacerda. She ministered to us at the top of June, and I asked her to share on midweek as well this month. So make sure that you tune in next week because our special guest is Minister Sheila Lacerda from Brazil. Let's get into the word for tonight. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, reviewing once again, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. As we said, the phrase have dominion means to rule, and it means to subjugate. The phrase have dominion means to rule and to subjugate. To rule means to exercise the ultimate power and authority over. To rule means to exercise the ultimate power and authority over. Subjugate means to bring under domination or control. Subjugate means to bring under domination or control. Subdue means to bring into subjection and keep under. Subdue means to bring into subjection and keep under. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Going to speed through the review so we can get some, some new territory tonight. Of course, this, uh, all of our previous messages on this topic are available on our YouTube channel, our Faith Plus app, as well as on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Genesis 2, verse 15 says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. The word tend means to cultivate and work. The word keep means to guard and care for. We said you're able to tend, cultivate, work what God has given you and keep, guard, and care for it through the authority you've been given 
by Jesus. Just like God gave Adam authority, Jesus has given you authority. When referring to Adam and Eve, we said the original assignment was to cultivate and guard what they had been given and to expand their dominion over the entire planet. They were given dominion over the ground itself and over all the things of the in the air as well. And we talked about why that was important last week. We talked about how Satan is called the prince of the power of the air, some of the atmospheric region. We have been given dominion even over that region. And you don't have to go up in an airplane to use your authority in that region. No, we talked about it last week and we'll continually talk about it today. That you daily use your authority, as we see in Ephesians chapter 1, taking your place, seated with Christ at his right hand. And so as before we get there, let me remind you that you must rule, you must subjugate, you must cultivate, and you must guard. If you want to walk in all that God has for you and walk out your calling, go into the future God has for you, you must rule. You must subjugate, you must cultivate, and you must guard. We said if you do not operate in dominion in your original assignment, you'll not be able to expand the areas of your dominion. Your authority is not random. It is connected to your assignment. Your assignment has expansion potential. However, you must use your authority and cultivate and guard what you have been given. You can do all these things through the authority that's been delegated to you through Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1, as I just mentioned, let's go there. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20. Doing our review, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. And if you're just joining us and watching someone who put in the chat, say hi. And our Connect team, the Faith Fam, will connect with you as well. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, which he, God, worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. And so notice if Jesus is seated far above and you're part of him, you're in the body of Christ, you're seated far above because God put all things under his feet. Ephesians chapter 2 Keeps on going and says, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich, abundant, overflowing in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he's made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we said when we're talking about spiritual warfare and dealing with demonic powers, you have to remember where you are seated. You are seated far above. Never forget your seat with Christ. Go ahead, put it in the chat. Say, never forget that you're seated with Christ. Come on, say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, never forget you are seated with Christ. Never forget your seat of authority. You're seated with Christ at the Father's right hand. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. A little bit more review and we'll get to where we're going tonight. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong with the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, that's the cunning arts, deceit, craft, trickery, and strategies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that we wrestle us hand-to-hand combat. And remember, against us six times in this passage, letting you know this is your face-to-face -face daily battle. This is what you deal with every day, whether you realize it or not. The enemy is not people. Whoever you're having an issue with, whatever group, whatever political party you think is the main issue, it's not, they're not the enemy. They're not the real enemy. The real enemy is the devil. 
says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So always remember, your enemy is not human. So let's say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say my real enemy is not human. Okay, put it in the chat and say it out loud with me. Say my real enemy is not a human. Your real enemy is not a human being. It's not people. It's the devil. Don't ever forget that. Don't forget that you're seated with Christ. And don't forget that your real enemy is not people. They're not human beings. It is the devil and his demonic forces. Against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The word wickedness means bad, vile, vicious, malignant. That's what Satan's trying to do in this world and is trying to bring into your life. Now let's get some new territory. Go with me to Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. So we talked about a lot of things in this series about daily taking your place, seed with Christ, and pleading the blood and using authority and binding the enemy and how important that is and why you need to do that. And talk about doing that on a daily basis and what that looks like. We talked about that in a little bit more detail last week. But in anything, walk with God. Your persistence is key. There is power in persistence. There is power in doing things consistently and continually. Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. Sorry, Daniel chapter 9, verse 1, and we'll read from the New Living Translation. It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, the son of Asherus, who became king of the Babylonians. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord, as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet, that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. So he is fasting, he is praying, as he knows to do. And so he saw something in the scriptures in the book of Jeremiah, this we call the book of Jeremiah, or the scroll of Jeremiah, and the prophecy of Jeremiah. He saw that Jerusalem was going to be desolate for 70 years. Daniel sees that the 70 years has come and gone. It's time for them to return. So he sees something in the word that he hasn't seen manifest in his life. He sees a prophetic promise in the word of God that hasn't manifested yet. So he turns to fasting and prayer. And let's skip down to verse 19. You can read Daniel chapter 9 later, all the different things he prayed as he prayed on his behalf, his country's behalf, and stood on their place and confessed their sins. Verse 19 says, O Lord, O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. For your own sake, do not delay, O oh my God, for your people and your city bear your name. I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord my God for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. As I was praying, notice, as I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment, come on, say the moment, say it out loud and put it in the chat, say the moment, come on, say it out loud and put it in the chat, say the moment, the moment you began praying, emphasize this. I know we're emphasizing prayer all month long with emphasizing prayer this summer. The moment you began praying, you see why the enemy doesn't want you to pray? The moment you began praying. The moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I'm here to tell you what it was, for you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. As soon as he began to pray, angels were released. And you'll see that. Now, you're not praying for angels to be released. No, you're praying in communication with God. Daniel's talking to God. He's not talking to God about angels. He's talking to God. 
He saw something in the word and he's believing God for it to come to pass. And he is praying based on the word. And as he's praying and as he's doing what he knows scripturally to do, angels are released. As soon as he began praying, the command was given. And this time Gabriel was released. Go to the next chapter because we know Daniel was a man of great prayer. Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. And the third year of the reign of King, Cy King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, Belteshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. When the vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three, full week, three whole weeks. All, the all that time I had eaten no rich food, nor meat, nor wine, crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until the three weeks had passed. On April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the Great Tigers River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing, with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem, his face flashed like lightning, and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me, my face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and my knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God. Notice, from the first day you began to pray. He's been doing this for a couple weeks now. He's been fasting and praying for about three weeks now. We see that here. But say in the, put in the chat, say, from the first day. Put it in the chat. Say it out loud. Say, from the first day. Come on, put it in the chat. Say, from the the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God. Your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayers. King James, New King James said, I've come for your words. But for the 21, but for 21 days in those three, four weeks, he was in mourning. He was fasting. He's been praying. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. So although 21 Days ago, three weeks ago, the command was given. The answer was given. An angel, an angelic being was dispatched. An angelic being was dispatched. What happened? He was resisted in the atmospheric region by the spirit prince over Persia. And he battled with him for 21 days. Then Micah, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. What happened as Daniel kept on praying? Angelic reinforcements were released as he kept on praying. Come on, put it in the chat and say it out loud. Say, as he kept on praying. Come on, say it, in, say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, as he kept on praying. He kept praying. Verse 14, now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. Skip down to verse 20. He replied, do you know why I've come? Soon I must return to fight against the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And after that, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Greece will come. Meanwhile, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one helps me against these spirit princes except Michael, your spirit prince. The angelic being assigned to Israel. 
Why was reinforcements released? Why did this angelic being have support? Because Daniel kept praying. If you really want to deal with supervillains and see change in community and cities, you got to be a person of prayer. And you have to keep praying. Now notice that in this prayers of Daniel, he's not quote unquote warring in the heavenlies, even though your prayer life does cause war to erupt in the heavenlies and deliverance to happen. We talked about in the series, so I'm not making light of it. But notice he's praying to the Father on behalf of a group of people. He comes to the Father asking for forgiveness for whatever he's done, but also forgiveness for what they have done. He is interceding and supplicating on behalf of a group of people. And he's praying based off the word of God. He saw a promise in the word. So he goes before God praying. And angelic forces were released. And we know Daniel does get an answer to his word. When you read Ezra and Nehemiah, what Daniel prayed out here came to pass. Because when you start Ezra, it says, the spirit of God stirred up the king. Why did that stirring happen? Because Daniel saw in the word. He took that word to prayer and the plan of God came to pass. But notice what happened as Daniel kept at it. He didn't just pray one time and get discouraged because it didn't happen immediately. Because the thing is, you would think that Daniel would have been discouraged because when he was praying, Daniel, not as, he didn't have a chance to finish praying yet. He didn't have a chance to finish praying yet. When we're talking about what happened with the prophet of Jeremiah, an answer was there. He was still praying and the angel reached him. But now in Daniel 10, he's praying about other things and praying concerning it and praying for the answer. And what happens? There's resistance. And so sometimes for whatever reason, it seems like you pray for something and it happens quickly and you're just so happy. But then there's some other stuff that when you pray, there seems to be resistance and you seem to get discouraged and you stop pushing and praying. No, 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 no. The angels were released because Daniel kept on praying. We see this concept throughout the word of God. Go with me to Acts chapter 12. Your persistence is key. Your persistence is key. Acts chapter 12. Remember, Daniel did not let up. He kept praying. And as he persisted in prayer, angelic reinforcements were released. Daniel's chapter, Acts chapter 12, verse 5. So now, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. One of the things we look at the different translations, studying Acts chapter 12, when James was arrested, the church wasn't praying that, you know, they probably thought there's nothing happened to James. He's one of the 12. He's one of the three. But he was arrested and he was beheaded. And when the king saw, ooh, that got me some political points. Let me get Peter too. And now Peter's arrested and the church begins to pray. And notice how they prayed. They prayed very earnestly for him. They were tired of losing the gifts. They did not want to lose another one. And so the thing is, notice sometimes what happens with ministry gifts is not really a what ministry gifts do, even though it is part of, they do have their own personal responsibility and you get that. But it's also if the church prays. It's not just the ministry gift praying, the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist praying. No. It's all of us praying. The night before Peter was to be placed in trial, he was asleep and fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me. The angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. 
They passed the first and second guard post and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. Why was that angel released? The church kept praying. And we know as because the church was praying, an angel was released and it dealt judgment to that person who was persecuting the church. Now notice, why did it happen once again? The church kept praying. Go ahead, put it in the chat. Say, the church kept praying. Say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, the church kept praying. Go with me to James chapter 5, verse 16 as we begin to bring this to a close. James chapter 5, verse 16. I'm going to read it first in the New Living Translation, and then we'll look at the Amplified Classic Edition. It says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Look at that last part again. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The Amplified Classic Edition says it this way. The earnest, heartfelt, continued, notice earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Let's go back to the New Living Translation. Look at verse 17. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three, year, three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. A lot of times when we study, start with, you know, the study of Elijah's life, we start with 1 Kings 17, when he stood before Ahab and made the prophecy on behalf of the Lord. But what does James let us know? That before that time, before that prophecy came up, Elijah was praying. He was praying that it wouldn't rain. Why? Because he saw what was going on in Israel. And so he is praying that it would not rain. And he's praying that way. And God said, you go tell Ahab that it's not going to rain. Elijah stands before Ahab. It's not going to rain until I say so. And for three and a half years, there was no rain. And then God tells him, go appear before Ahab again. And so Elijah, of course, set up the famous showdown of the prophets of Baal. We all know that wonderful story. If not, read Elijah 17 and the surrounding chapters, some amazing stories, some amazing things that God did through that man of God. But then it gets to the point that after Baal was dealt with, that Elijah said, it's going to rain. He gave the word to the king, get your chariot out here. It's going to rain. And so what happens? The sky is still empty. It hasn't rained for three and a half years. He goes to the edge where he can see into the sea. And he begins to pray. And even the way he prayed is kind of like what was described as an ancient virgin. He's praying. And his assistant is with him says, do you see anything? He says, nothing. He kept on praying. Come on, say it out loud. Put it in the chat. He kept on praying. Come on, say it out loud. And put it in the chat. He said he kept on praying. And then the second time, told his sister, go check. Do you see anything? He said, no, I don't see anything. He did this seven different times. He kept on praying. And then on the seventh time, the sister said, I see something small. It's about the size of a man's hand. It's this cloud the size of a man's hand. It didn't look like anything, but I said, that's it. Time to get moving. And we know the hand of God came upon him. The scripture says, and he outran the king's chariot. And it began to rain. It began to pour. So notice what happened in Israel. It's judgment, it's deliverance, it's rain, it's transformation, it's revival, it's awakening. Was brought about by prayer. Because a man persisted in prayer. 
and kept on praying. A lot of times we look at Elijah and say, man, this dude is a superhero. When we think about what he did, like he had such amazing miracles that we're like, wow. That some of the miracles that he did were the same ones that Jesus did later, that no one did the miracles like Elijah until Jesus came. And certain things he did when you study out the ministry of Elijah and Elisha, just some wonderful things that God used those two individuals to do. But notice the scripture says that Elijah was a human just like us. He had feelings and passions just like us. He had ups and downs just like us. You read the story of Elijah, you see he had ups and downs just like us. But one of the things that we're to learn from his life in James 5 is that he kept on praying. He persisted in prayer and things changed. That's one of the reasons why we're emphasizing prayer in this month, this month of miracles, that prayer is the fuel that fuels the superhuman life. Prayer fuels the supernatural life. Prayer fuels the superhuman life. And dealing with supervillains, you're going to need that power. You're going to need that fuel. And as you persist in prayer, yes, it will fuel your superhuman life and help you live supernatural, but also it will deal with the powers of darkness. Your prayer life is important. I like to say this, your prayer life matters. It really does. And all these things we've talked about, faith in the name of Jesus, delegated authority, dealing with supervillains, flows from relationship. As I pointed out about Daniel, he is talking to God. And through his communication with God, all these things were changing. There are two sides of prayer. As you've heard me talk about this month, hear me continually talk about it this month, and you hear different things from uh, the faith team as we share this month. There are two sides of prayer. There's a side of prayer where you're communicating with God, and there's a side of prayer where God is working through your praying. But as you do those things, remember you are seated with Christ in heavenly places at the Father's right hand. Remember people are not your real enemy. Remember prayer, continued effective prayer, produces tremendous, tremendous power and makes wonderful results. But you have to keep on praying. As a church, we have to keep on praying and have a prayer culture but as individuals, we have to keep on praying. As I talked about a couple weeks ago, have that relationship with Jesus. Where it's not just you have a prayer time in the morning, which is so key. I'm not uh, speaking bad about it or making light of it. Yes, you need your prayer time in the morning. Yes, you need undivided time in prayer and pray in English and pray in the spirit. Yes, pray out the word. Yes, you need that time. But throughout the day, stay in communication with him. Turn to him throughout the day. What happens? That's that connection. That's that fuel for the superhuman life. And then when it comes time to deal with rebel holders, authorities, we talked about last week, spiritual squatters, you know what to do because you hear his voice and you use your authority effectively. It all flows from persistent prayer, that communication, that partnership with God that he wants you to walk in. Not just the preacher, not just the ministry gift, but you. And you know, there are different times I do it quite often. I call the church to pray and I'm encouraging you you need to spend more time in prayer this month. Even if you're on vacation, don't take a vacation from prayer. You spend some more time in prayer. You spend some more time talking with God. You spend some more time praying in the spirit and watch the tremendous things that happen in your life. Praise God. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it strengthens you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the Metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at FCCGA.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook 
on YouTube. We love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast, and then we have our daily devotional podcast, which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God bless.